It's no secret that these are tricky times for the arts, entertainment and comedy. Anything, in other words, that relies on an audience. But while big festivals struggle and blockbusters look nervous, for one group all this is pretty much business as usual. For fringe shows and performers, ducking, diving and improvising is what they do anyway. Welcome to the club, they say. So maybe cabaret and burlesque performer Jojo Bellini can offer coping strategies for her more traditional colleagues. She's got not one, but two shows coming up at the New Zealand Fringe Festival in Wellington. One is a tribute to female spies, while the other is called A Nifty History of Evil. Jo Bellini, welcome to the Laugh Track. Kia ora. Kia ora. Great to be here. First of all, we so love your name. Jojo Bellini could not be more cabaret. Is it the name you were gifted at birth? Alas, no. It was a name I was gifted um, at university, however, from my best friend uh, who always called me Jojo Bellini from the age of 18. Uh, That's all she's ever called me. So when I started doing cabaret and burlesque, there was no other choice. It is a great name. And these things are important when you're trying to vie for attention in a program at a festival. Do you think there are tricks of survival in the age of COVID that fringe performers like yourself might have for mainstream artists who haven't had to be quite so nimble on their feet over the years? I think as fringe artists, we are so used to going with the flow. Um, I mean, I must admit the the pandemic has definitely hit us for six over the past two years. And um, the thing is about, I, I find as a fringe artist and my fellow fringe artists, we just love making our art. And, you know, audiences love so much just to be entertained, to do something, be taken away from the reality of what they're going through at the moment. And a lot of people turn to music or films or, you know, uh, streaming sites. Uh, but there's just nothing comparable to live, that interaction and that feeling that we get as performers and audiences get um, and the energy between us. And I think that's why not only NZ Fringe, but Dunedin Fringe and a lot of the smaller um, venues around here are working in Wellington especially, are working so hard to mitigate that so that we can all have an amazing time during these very weird bits that's happening around New Zealand. Until a couple of years ago, you were performing around the world, weren't you? I was. I mean, I used to, I've been at uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for the past nine years, Brighton Fringe Festival. I've done the Prague Festival, performed in Berlin. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where pre-COVID times, um, being a uh, artist or a fringe artist was one of the most rewarding and fabulous things because you could go and do your craft around the world and um, learn from so many different people um, and international acts and meet people and and I think that's the thing about the fringe we are a community we're very much and we support and we um, encourage each other and we like to lift each other up because we're all going we're all going when you do a fringe festival you're going through hard times anyway trying to get audience numbers in and make sure that you know your reviewers actually like your work and that kind of thing but so on top of that when we go to a fringe festival we all seem to huddle together at um you know uh, artist clubs or bars and just use each other as our mental health benchmarks do you think jojo that with talk now of the borders uh, opening up that you will head overseas and that audiences internationally will have the stomach 
for live performances for fringe events. Like, I mean, Edinburgh is just so massive. It's, it's, for people who haven't been there, it's quite hard to fathom. Yeah, I mean, Edinburgh Fringe in itself, I would, I mean, I would love to start travelling again. I think I would like every, I would like everything to calm down a bit and I would like other governments to be as good as ours, shall we say, <laughs> when it comes to their COVID response policies. I, You know, uh, the UK's given up, you know, ScoMo's decided to just let it rip in Australia. That's having a massive impact on, on the arts Um I think for any artists that want to go overseas, you know, once everything is sorted and vaccines and all that kind of stuff, it is such an experience. You will have your mind blown apart just quietly because the thing that I love about Fringes the most is, I mean, here in uh, we've got over 200 different shows that are going to be being performed here in Wellington. In Edinburgh Fringe, you have almost 1500 different shows competing over four weeks and the shows start from 9am in the morning and the last show generally on the bill is about 3am in the morning so you don't sleep you perform multiple shows a day you are doing you know lineup shows you're doing your solo shows you're doing you know guest spots you're doing this you're doing that you're doing the other then you're trying to network and it's an amazing experience. Um, one not for the faint-hearted, though. True that. <laughs> True that. Look, time to get to uh, to your clip from Samina Zera. Tell us about uh, Samina's work. So I met Samina 10 years ago when I was actually PRing her show called Homicidal Pacifist. And um, the thing that I've always loved about Samina is she she is intelligent. She has got her finger on the pulse. She's daring in what she does. And the what I love about her comedy the most is that she makes the audiences think and doesn't assume anything from them. And her storytelling style is second to none. I've had a bit of an odd week. I was, yesterday I was planning my husband's funeral, right? He's not dead, it's just what I do when he annoys me. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. I highly recommend it. I have planned some f***ing amazing funerals for him. I did him a Viking funeral, right? There was a raft that went out to sea. It was a flaming arrow. There were fireworks. He should be so lucky to have such an amazing funeral. That's all I'm saying. Also, I'm quite OCD, so I have to do the whole funeral in my head. And I get to the end, and I'm doing his eulogy in my bedroom mirror. And I remember all the reasons why I love him so much. And my anger just dissipates. Which is very annoying, because now not only has he me off, he doesn't have to do anything about it. Because I've just sabotaged myself. He's very blasé as well. A few months ago we were having an argument and I went, I can't talk to you right now, I'm very angry. And he went, fine, we'll talk about it later. I'm making some tea, would you like a cup? And I went, yes, thank you. Because we're very English when we argue. It's all politeness and tea. And I was just sitting at my computer fuming away and he came and he put the tea down and I said, thank you. And he went, are you planning my funeral in your head? I went, yes, yes I am. And he went, is it a good one? I went, yes, it's marvellous. It's a Tibetan funeral. I'm going to leave you at the top of a mountain. The vultures will come and pick your bones clean. You will go back to the earth from whence you came. And he just went, ah, oh, cool, environmentally friendly. F***ed off. It's true love, that's what it is. Samina Zero there. Well, let's have a look at your two shows at the Fringe in Wellington. Uh, one, I can tell, stems from the fact that you are a big James Bond fan. 
I am indeed. So agents provocateurs. Um, so I have my whole life, I've just been obsessed with espionage, code breaking, invisible ink, you know, the whole um, romance and tragedy and everything about the spy uh, genre. I find it so exciting. And um, uh, I've watched every single Bond film. And what I found is, firstly, it's so ridiculously binary. It's unbelievable. And the men are intelligent, resilient and brave. And the women are weak, pathetic eye candy and that's that never sat with me and so in 2017 I started researching amazing female spies from around the world um, from the good sides and the bad sides and I've managed to narrow down over 120 different uh, amazing uh, female spies down to six women that I'll be representing in this show through comedy music and um, theatre so it's gonna be great. Are they all names that we would automatically know or have you got some of the more obscure, as you were saying, the ones whose stories have not been told? Well, um, I think that if I didn't do a show... um about female spies and include the most famous female spy of all, Matahari. I think I might get lynched. So I um, I, I have definitely got Matahari in there. And what is amazing is, because, uh, I mean, I've been in New Zealand just for over two years now, but one uh, woman who actually has a plaque on Oriental Bay is Nancy Wake, who is a New Zealand spy one of the best spies that the allies had who had a code name called the white mouse and she was definitely kick-ass um she was one of these phenomenal women who uh was not only amazing at her job but um she actually managed to uh kill an enemy soldier with her bare hands in order to get through a checkpoint and um one of my favorite quotes from nancy wake is oh I really wasn't a very nice person, but it didn't put me off my breakfast. So um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she's she is completely kick-ass. And the ones that are more, um, I, I would say, they're more obscure. Would be we've got uh, an amazing uh, spy from. Uh, from Japan called Yoshiko Kawashima. Uh, we have a trans woman named Mademoiselle Xavier Dion de Beaumont, a um, Indian, British Indian spy uh, named Nora Nayat Khan. These are people who were never really recognized and their stories are so amazing. And then we had um, Mary Bowser, who was a slave who managed to tip the scale of the war in the American Civil War. It's, yeah, the the list goes on of how amazing these women were. And um, I just find them all just oh, celebrating their lives. It's, I, you, can't, you can't see me, Radio Land, but I'm just grinning ear to ear just thinking about them. Well, we've got to squeeze in another clip. Neil Thornton is your next one, expat American comedian. Why Neil? Okay, so when I first got here, Neil was such an amazing support. And also, I just find is the clip, everybody's just, a, it's a little bit old, because it's the only one I could find of him. Neil is uh, one of those people who, again, takes no prisoners when it comes to his comedy and uh, is still completely uh, relatable. And that's what I love about him the most. Hello, hello. Hi, if you don't know me, uh, my husband and I moved to Wellington for a six-month sabbatical four years ago. Um, People ask, why did you move to New Zealand? And then they say, oh, I know. 
I know. It was Lord of the Rings, right? You moved here because of Lord of the Rings, right? No! It wasn't Lord of the Rings. It was Xena, warrior princess. Get it right. The next question is, why four years? Why'd you stay? And I say, watch the news for two minutes and ask me again. Oh, my God. America, riots, shooting, Donald Trump, New Zealand, flags, ponytails, and flying dildos. I'm never leaving. I'm never <laughs> The first news story I hear upon landing in New Zealand is police had to be called to a grocery store in Hamilton because there's a shortage of chocolate milk. <laughs> And some people are cutting in line. I'm never going anywhere. Oh, my God. People say, oh, it must be great being a comedian with Donald Trump president. Oh, yeah, it's still hysterical. We're all going to die. Um, no, it's, I do believe Donald Trump will make America great again in the way that the Black Plague paved the way for the Renaissance. That's what... <laughs> happening here. I don't know. Kiwis, I got to admit, are some of the nicest people on the planet. I will give you that until I mispronounce the name of your hometown and then you get a little chilly. Now, don't you? It's, it's, it's pronounced Dunedin. <laughs> no. All right. No. It's Dunedin, not Dunedin. Wanaka, Wanaka, I can't go, I can't go. And I know how annoying that must be. I know. It would be like me, uh, you guys going to Chicago and saying, wow, what a lovely city, Chicago. <laughs> we just flew in through Los Angeles. Uh, but you got to admit, you don't make it easy on us Americans because Wahanganui is Wanganui, but Wahangaparoa is Fungaparoa because most WHs are pronounced with an F. Okay, now you're just Wahakin with me, people. I just fucking... <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Neil Thornton, we like him. Uh, Jojo, your second show, A Nifty History of Evil. I don't know, are you a big horror fan as well? Yes, I very much enjoy horror, vampires, zombies, uh, and all the uh, games that go along with them uh, and that kind of thing. I really, I'm very much, in, I very much enjoy my, my horror genres and my suspense genres and the way that they jump scare us and the way that they make us feel and the, and the thing about the horror genre which I, I really like the most is the horror genre is very much like the sci-fi genre it's a reflection of the time that it's made and uh, yeah I think it, it tells us a lot. It looks like you've got a, a particular interest also in the dark ages. Very much. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to what we've all done uh, to each other over the over the over the course of history, uh, it's ridiculous. And what I've realised with doing my research into this one is um, Vlad Tepes. So everyone knows him as Vlad the Impaler. He was very much the first evil doer that realized that marketing and PR were the most important thing. Because if you woke up in the morning and your entire town as was you know had had spikes with heads on them around your town you didn't sit there and go hmm I wonder who did that you knew that Vlad had been through the town and I love that is he your favorite or is there another villain that you particularly look forward to uh, talking about in your show 
okay, my, my favourite villain at the moment is actually the CIA because the CIA tried to kill Fidel Castro 638 times and never succeeded. And um, so what they did is they actually, you know, installed a dictator and went, oh, naughty, naughty CIA, let's never do that again, shall we? And they still haven't learned. And another thing that I absolutely adore at the moment is if you go and look at most of the dictators uh, throughout history, they all have moustaches. I had not noticed that, but now you've brought it to my attention. It's a worry. It is a worry. <laughs> I, believe, I believe that men can only grow a moustache in November. Otherwise, there's something seriously wrong with you. Having, as you have too, of course, watched my fair share of movies and TV series, I find the most interesting villains are the ones who aren't just kind of born evil and, and seem to be doing what they're doing for no particular reason. Do you find that too? You know, if you have, if you get a, a sense of what turned them or even of some kind of twisted humanity, it makes them just that bit more interesting. Completely, because there's a there's a redemption arc there. I don't think everyone should turn evil, but I think that's what we all go through every day. Is there's some, some we all get given choices in our lives, um, and I think um, you know, especially in times like this, it can be so frustrating. And um, I'm not saying uh, start a dictatorship, anyone, because that's not good for anyone. But I believe that with a somebody who's had so much happen to them through their life that they they feel their only choice is to do that. Yes, I agree with you so much there, Lynn. It's like they are the most interesting characters of all. Well, interesting character for your next laugh track clip for us, Justine Smith, trooper, veteran of the comedy scene. Um, what's your relationship with Justine? Where when I um, came over here, I only came over here for a three-month contract in 2020 and then I got stuck here in lockdown. Uh, it's okay, everybody, and immigration, I'm from Australia. But uh, and the thing I love about Justine, again, is she is for me, Justine is a true sense of uh, of Kiwi. But her comedy is also transcends globally, which I love about her the most. Hi, nurses. You'll be the most fun tonight, I know. Um, it's so great to be back, uh, being able to do shows. It's very exciting. Um, through some great life choices, uh, we don't have any children, so it's just my husband and I at home. I mean, I thought about it. I was like, oh, but then... Oh. I wouldn't kick a baby, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so we don't have any kids. It was just the two of us. And we get on really well, but we did end up doing quite a lot of shouting. Um, not in anger, more that we just gave up trying to communicate from the same room. And... <laughs> Early on, early on in the piece, uh, Europe was just closing down and there was some news in from France and my husband Dan's in the, in the lounge and I'm in the kitchen, you know, because um, that's where we keep the bong. And um, <laughs> under the sink, am I right, Ranui? Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so he's shouting, he's shouting the news to me and he goes, babes, they've shut the Louvre. And I went, What? They've shut St. Luke's! <laughs> and he went, nah, the Louvre. And I went, uh. But uh, I turned 51 in lockdown, thanks. And uh, no, that's fine. Uh, so a few things happened. Um, on the way out, I kind of ran and some farts came out. Uh, I just expect that now. They just can't, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. It's fine. You look a bit concerned, sir. Uh, don't worry, though, I've got my spanks on. 
So in about 45 minutes, that fart will roll out of here. We'll all be at home. So... Turning 51, it was also I've started being a bit more annoyed than normal. And um, I'm quite annoyed at the moment. And it's a group of women about my age. And I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, I think I missed a memo when you get your first hot flush and you have to rush down to Kathmandu and buy yourself a sleeveless black puffer vest. <laughs> you know why I'm not wearing a puffer vest? Because I'm not going to a fancy dress party as a sleeping bag. Like, when you think about it, though, quite handy. Like, oh, I'm a bit hot, take it off, but cold, put it back on. Hot off, it'll be good, but just don't do it. I bought myself a leather jacket. That's what I'm doing. Ageing disgracefully. That's right. Justine Smith, ageing disgracefully indeed. Hey, Jojo, I mean, as you mentioned, you got trapped over here. Uh, we've been delighted to, to have you here as well. You've had time to talk to our artists, get to know them, um, as per your picks, in fact. Do you think that the New Zealand and Australian senses of humour are more similar than we might think? Oh, completely. I believe that um, we've definitely got a bit of a, a bit of an Anzac thing going on. I'm I'm from Perth, right? And what I found really interesting is every time I say that I'm Australian here to audiences, I get a bit of a bit of a wince from people. And I didn't realise how strong the rivalry was between New Zealand and Australia, because on when you're on the Western side, you don't really get into all of that kind of stuff, because New Zealand is almost as far away as Sydney. So, you know, um, but I honestly believe that um, comedians from New Zealand going to Australia, definitely the comedy will always travel to each other. Uh, we have, it's very similar. It's like, everyone goes, yeah, nah, here. People do that everywhere in Australia as well. So it's it's quite, there's quite a lot of similarities, but, but enough differences as well, which I find uh, really exciting. Like when I first got here, someone said to me, oh, just nip down to the dairy. And in Australia, they're called a deli or a delicatessen or a corner store, right? And so I had no idea what a dairy was. And I went, oh, well, I'll just go to the deli then. Um, and and it took me a while to realise that a dairy was a shop, not an actual milk place it was yeah it was quite it was quite (laughs) hilarious are you going to head home we know that that's going to become easier very soon we have the way forward are you are you more than ready to go home are you going to hang around here for a while Oh, no. I I fell in love. I fell in love with New Zealand the moment I literally got off the plane. I'd been in the UK for seven years where it was minus two degrees and I got off the plane. It was hot. It was sunny with a beautiful wind going through. And look, I'm not saying that the pandemic was my fault, everyone. All right. All I'm saying is after being here for two weeks with people who just smiled all the time and people came up to ask questions of where something was not to mug me um I went to the universe please if there's just anything that could happen before my flight on the 20th of March you know that would be great so 20th of March we got put into lockdown happiest lady alive goodness me Jojo your final pick I should say that all of your picks so far have have sat where you are they have been guests on the laugh track over the last 16 or so years I think it is Uh, but your next guest is a new one for us and I think Maxwell Apps can expect a phone call from us but what's your connection with Maxwell Apps? Okay so uh, Maxwell is one of these 
delightful up and coming amazingly talented oh my god it's just so talented you just want to you know hurt them because they're so amazingly good and the reason why I've picked them for this track is because they do musical comedy they also do stand-up comedy they've got Oh, a mind that is amazing. The track is, is that you're going to hear is not the one, the Ashley Bloomfield one that went crazy on YouTube. It's going to be a different one. Um, all I can say about them is they're definitely one to watch and they definitely have star quality. Jojo Bellini, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Great to talk to you. You too. Thank you so much. I sense a new New Zealand citizen in the making there. Jojo has, <laughs> Jojo has two shows at the New Zealand Fringe Festival in Wellington. Agents Provocateurs opens at Fitirea on February the 22nd, while a nifty history of evil opens at the Fringe Bar on March the 1st. And here is Maxwell Apps with Uber Driver, Come Back. I know you left me, you left me alone For treating you badly, for hurting you so But now I've changed, I won't hurt you so bad Oh please, Uber driver come back The final pick of today's Laugh Track guest, Jojo Bellini. Jojo's other choices were Samina Zera, Neil Thornton and Justine Smith. And unusually for the Laugh Track, we can put it up on the Standing Room Only webpage. Hurrah! Because Jojo's got the permission of all the comedians for us to do this. Really appreciate that.